we're so ambitious. Camera on, camera ready by 9 a.m. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 9.05 for me. Sorry. Yeah, team, I know. We keep scheduling these like Monday mornings and Friday afternoons. And just we need to, I know. We need to rethink that. I think bit. it's just because that's our not busy moments. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time anybody has free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, no, so, something we've been talking about is just what is a modern data strategy and you know, what are the different components of that? And what does that journey look like to get to a modern, you know, data strategy? And we thought about having this episode because we've been talking to clients and it seems like there's some confusion about um, where data governance fits in and when it should enter into your modern data strategy. So, you know, does data governance affect your data lake or data market or warehouse? Or should it be a component when you're trying to migrate from on-prem to the cloud? Those are some consistent things that we see. Some people think that you don't need an enterprise governance tool and you could achieve data governance through a data lake. And so some of those things are, are what we want to talk about today and just really start to pick apart, you know, what is a modern data strategy? What would you say to that, Sharad? Uh, there are multiple components of a modern data strategy, right? So if you say that uh, I want to build a, when you say modern, that means that it takes care of certain components, which the problems solves, which cannot be solved traditionally using the traditional technologies, right? So let's understand what are the traditional technologies are. Traditional technologies are mostly, uh, you build a data warehouse in on-prem, most of the time, and you have ETL solutions, bring the data from remote systems, you know, tools kind of thing, and build a data warehouse. And that's basically is your traditional way of handling the data, right? And then data warehouse, you create a, maybe a self-service platform for your end users to kind of go and, and uh, uh, you know, consume the data from there. And then you have a reporting systems like that. So that's mostly the... Uh, the traditional systems, and when you are modernizing it, it needs to solve certain problems, right? Why you are modernizing it? So the problem exists with the existing or it, or a I would say the traditional technologies are is too much data, siloed data. You know, data is many places cannot be trusted. Uh, don't know which one to use, which one not to use, right? Uh, so those are the problem. Uh, I would say they exist. Uh, you know, one things mean too many things. The KPI are not consistent. Um, I don't have access to a lot of data. The quality is not very good. You know, so those are all the issues exist in the traditional set. So the idea is that if you're creating a modern data strategy, that means you should be able to fix these problems. Then only you would you will call it modern data strategy. Whether you use a tool or a technique or whatever, they should you should be able to account for those problems. Then only otherwise you are just creating a a bigger data warehouse or a bigger data lake, right? So that's the the area when I consider the modern data strategy should come there. And uh, is the data lake is the modern data strategy uh, and is going to fix the data governance problem? No, because it's just a data lake is it's just a a tool is is a bigger data warehouse which have more processing power more things uh, is the snowflake of the world or the cloud data warehouse going to solve the data governance problems or all the problem we discussed no because again it's a bigger thing it can do much more processing of the data 
but it cannot be addressed that. So modern data strategy need to address the challenges of of previous uh, problems and the also the modern data strategy also need to address the some of the these problems even you do not exist right now in the traditional sense it is going to be enhanced more because now you're going to use more and more data right earlier the most of the time you're using a small data sets and you can get out of it you know manual effort you can do it but now it is not possible because um, in the modern with the with the more bigger data sets bigger technology stack you will you will have to deal with more data so you will have to have more data governance issues so right. so so it's these technologies cannot solve the the problem just like oh, okay i i will bring a data lake and then it will solve the data governance problems no right shrad when did data catalogs come into existence like i'm thinking about when i worked at a previous company you mm-hmm. know 3 years ago i never heard of a data catalog but i wasn't working for a technology company we used some advanced technology for sure but it wasn't a technology company when did data catalogs kind of come it's, it's in it's a 5 year old stage? term okay yeah. So it's pretty new. So I'm thinking about like a, a previous job of mine to try what I see now as governance, you know, within the data lake inside, you know, views or just source code. People would put comments like last reviewed and updated by my boss would put his name and then he'd say the purpose of this, what this query is doing. And he'd try to embed some, you know, comments into the code so that if someone else saw it, they could know something. Do you feel like that's an attempt at governance or that does that still have a of place? Governance. Yes. You know, so if you write the source code and then you write a very good comments about it, it's a, it's a source code governance, I would say. You know, if you write it, if you design a new table and you write a comments around the table, it's a, it's a very good governance in that area. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, so whenever you have a best practices around doing some work and you follow a methodology, that's a governance, right? Um, if you're designing a house and uh, or, you're, or you're developing a house and the and you have look at the code of government, government provide you certain code. This is how they to work upon it. And you follow the code, then yes, you are following the governance, and also you have to need inspection done from this one, so that you it makes sure that you are following the code. If you don't do the inspection, then the governance is kind of broken at that point of time. Right. Oh my gosh, I think the last house I lived in definitely did not go through an inspection. the The stairs leading up to where my bedroom were were like four and a half inches wide. You'd have to like tiptoe up on your toes. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, they did not do. And uh, I, I still remember that uh, you know, again in India when we live, you know, we live in the houses where uh, there's no governance in place. You can design whatever you want. There. It's the old uh, you know style. So I remember that um, my mom and my aunt was going into a, into somebody's house and the house like like literally they have limited space so they invited everyone but they're like three five four inches or five inches uh, and when you i used to go we used to have kind of like fun to go to that that uh, staircase but my aunt was a little older and so she literally felt and and their whole life screwed because of that it's just like because she had an accident and then couldn't do anything and that's horrible right but that's like in is it 15 years back and but 
the thing is that it, the importance of that is so high that we don't realize that uh, like like you know oh, okay it's just a sister you don't have to worry about it but there is a code there is a there is a significance of those codes and why those codes were designed there is a reason for that people sometimes feel oh, i have to follow this procedure uh, why should i do it right so the governance will create a procedure around okay you should write a, the you know the like for example you should write the comments about everything why are you doing it oh i is too much work i don't i don't care because right now the focus is get the development complete at this point of time i don't care because that's you are measured upon but that is the problem you are creating for future i mean yeah that's that's a message that goes to about every part of life when you cut corners and you don't give things the proper mm-hmm. care that is necessary you know there's often consequences even if they're not immediate right and i'm i'm sure we see that often in a, in our industry right people probably set up things that are fine good enough it works for a while until it yeah. doesn't well, i mean i feel you like, know, like your, and then there's I mean, like your boss's solution i mean even that i mean doesn't allow business users to have to have any kind of governance on their side because it's like I mean, mm-hmm. I bet none of them know like code. <laughs> so know, what so. happens then? Yeah. Um, the, so uh, let's let's take a, the same example of housing, right? When government have created those codes, they have created um, they created a code by a lot of discussions with the community, a lot of architects sat together, and they finally came up with the code, and that's what the code was decided. You know, if you design your own mm-hmm. house, even though with your own knowledge, you would want to design a better house. It's not that you right. want to design a bad house, right? But your mm-hmm. knowledge is limited. The best practices of this this information of the government and that is not known to individuals who are designing it. Maybe one architect right. who's who hired they will be out of college, not have too much knowledge about it. They designed mm-hmm. it based on their limited understanding, but you know, didn't do a certain aspect of that. and then turn now to be the accident or something so there is a safety yeah. aspect right so the government will take mm-hmm. care of the safety aspect they probably don't take care of the aesthetic aspect of it right how does it look like yep. right so maybe actually will take care of the aesthetic aspect of the outside they will not take care of the inside of the house so mm-hmm. there is a, always the governance goes to specific areas and where it should <laughs> go but it should allow users to do their own thing as well so similar right. to that is is the data governance right so if you yeah. so the the boss is have created the solution i am can guarantee it came out of the the necessity the problem area and they created a solution mm-hmm. but the solution is not overarching uh the, right. because it doesn't because he might not know there are the four problems down the line is going to come mm-hmm. that's why you need to be you need to work upon the solution which is best practices have been worked right. around hundreds of companies and you know have been validated and that's why the governance procedures uh, or or the the technology governance or data governance procedures need to go with right yeah i i mean that's a good point this boss of mine he is probably one of the most intelligent people i've ever met in my life and he was very solution oriented um but often yeah the solutions just it, it made sense for him or um really technical people um but definitely i see him now i didn't know the term governance then i see now that he was trying to do a lot of these things but it was definitely more so an it held project and not a business involvement type of thing um but shot i liked what you just said about um 
you know, no one's trying to build a bad house, right? Like people do the best they can with what they know. And then it, it just made me think of how important community is, right? Like being um, engaged in your industry and just talking about best practice, seeking that knowledge, because you only can do what you know, right? And that's why it's important to be able to lean on other people and research and ask questions. Um where, you know, that's something I really admire about our organization and your leadership is I feel like you create that culture everywhere you go, even with the academy just being built. Like, it, you're not shaming people for, oh, you don't know this? Oh, let's take a look and how do we how do we learn more? So I think that's great. Yeah, that's the purpose is that, you know, everybody share because um, data governance, there is no one best practices. We are, um, you know, I think that we are at, uh, much position where we can uh, tell everyone that you know, so many companies we have implemented uh, the, the practical solution which can be implementable. Mm -hmm. So we are in the position where we can say, yeah, this is how these are the best practices because these have been implemented by various various companies. Sometimes you know I have mm -hmm. seen uh, some books written on the data governance, but this is the individual person's opinion most of the time. So you can, uh, mm -hmm. and they do not have most of the time is practical knowledge of implementing the data governance mostly. Uh, they do have it, but they mostly are the preachers. They do how it should be done, but they do not mm -hmm. actually have implemented it. Uh, mm. Most of the time, I think that's that. such a good evaluation. As I've, you know, right when I joined Overwatch, I read, read a bunch of books to try and understand data governance and. Yeah, they sounded like a preacher, you know, <laughs> like this is this is how or this is what it is. But then I was like, how do I do it? They tell me the why. Yeah. Why do you want to do it? But I was like, how? What does that look yeah. like? You know? So so how is uh, even um, you know, believe me or not, even they haven't figured it out because it's sure. it's um and, and the companies have figured it out their own and they are working through it. And that's one of the thing is that why we are at the good position because we are actually implementing the data governance of you know dozens and dozens of companies. So that gives us the input, and then we put it back to the academy, and that's why it is like whatever we are we are telling is actually working at some of the companies that we practically, and we know the nuances that where it doesn't work, where it works, kind of thing. Right. So, Right. Where for our listeners, you know, Sherrod and I have just mentioned our academy a couple times. Um, I think we've mentioned it in previous episodes, but for those tuning in that haven't heard about it, um, Oval Edge has this knowledge share um, academy where it's basically a knowledge base where there's best practices and certifications and learning paths really just to try and help guide what Sharad is saying that, you know, implementation, adoption, um, growth path of taking your organization to a more mature place in data governance. So um, that's something that I think is unique to us and that we're proud about. So you'll definitely hear us name drop it a couple of times because it is wildly helpful and it's something that's different than I think of what you see out there, many other places. Um, Sherrod, you know, one other thing I know that we've talked about in the past about uh, trying to achieve data governance within um, a data lake or a warehouse without a catalog in place, without an enterprise tool. We've talked about, can you achieve it? Yes. But then there's main reasons why you can't. So it's like a partial yes but not a, a wise yes. So it being expensive or there's this heavy reliance on IT. Um, 
there's no real insights into, to, you know, out of the data to the business. Um, what do you, what do you have to say about that? So can we achieve data governance with the data lake or warehouse? The answer is again, yes. Um, the, I would say that can you achieve the data governance? In fact, the, if you, if you go to the maximum organization right now, they do not have a data catalog. They only have data warehouse and they say that they are, you know, um, they are doing the governance. Um, now the problem is that how are they doing it? Right. So uh, are they doing complete end to end? The my ninety nine percent sure that they are not doing end to end. They're doing one aspect of it. They're doing okay. They are putting sure. some comments where the IT people can look into those areas. If the business people are looking, that they're doing their own governance, and the IT and business are not coordinated, right? So most of the time, when you say that, can you can you create it? Ultimately, you can, but. You will you will end up creating a catalog on on Snowflake or in Tableau or someplace where you are actually doing those things but inefficiently and spending more time on doing those things and figuring out those procedures your own and and doing that so it will take you more time and effort with doing this so I'll take an example like very simple. I was very hesitant of, you know, buying a pro tool called HubSpot and, uh, you know, like, like we can send the email out and why we need, you just send the email out, right? We can manage our spreadsheet and this is there. And, uh, oh, you have contacts on email and you can send out and do this. What this tool does, the marketing automation software, it's just simplified our life, right? Now, if you, now, before Michael came in, I like, like imagine that you are running a, a marketing without using HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever the tool you use, right? It's just next to impossible. You, can, you cannot even think. <laughs> it, will, it will give you a panic attack, right? <laughs> but can you do it? Uh, the answer is guaranteed oh yes, you can do it. There are a lot of people who does the marketing without HubSpot. And we were 10 years before, then when the software is not there, people used to do it. But now you have found an efficient way of doing it, then of why to reinvent the wheel when we have figured when HubSpot and Salesforce have figured out how this marketing automation works and it's efficient. That's what Overledge is trying to do in the field of data governance. We have we have figured out how does it work and do it. So yes, you can reinvent the wheel. You will you can do it. Yes, and uh, and that will happen. A lot of uh, the Fortune 500 companies will think no, uh, you know. Uh, or fortunes, uh, or some people think, no, you do not know. And maybe, you know, some companies, it might be that we don't know because they're so complex. Their structure is so complex. They think that what they need to do, it is different. And that's why they might need to go their own path. Uh, that is agreeable. But 95% of the organization can use the best practices which we have developed and live happily and then do much more than much more efficiently, easily and inexpensively. Otherwise you will end up spending more money on services. You have to hire more people to do the work rather than using the tool and technique to do it. So it's, uh, it's that way. So I, I feel like what I hear you saying, Shroud, is that if there's a tool out there that can help us do what we are going to do anyways in a better way, why not use it? Right. And so I think that segues, you know, into the next, you know, 
question that Michael and I had for you is just, okay, well, can you solely achieve data governance with just a data catalog, right? That's the tool that is pretty much the foundation of data governance. Can we do it with just that tool or is there more that's needed? So it do need a lot of features, right? Uh, data catalog is just the name, which basically catalog the data from multiple places. The, so that's what the tool name is. But you need to have a lot of features into it. Um, think of just like the same as marketing software. Uh, it, you need a repository of all the contacts information. You need a tool who can send email out. You need a tool you can audit the emails. You know, you need a tool to track emails. Then you have a, you need analytics that who opened the email or not, right? So the similar thing is with the data governance. You need a data catalog to bring this information. Then you need a information that who's searching, what is searching. You need to see the tool that, you know, what people are lo really looking for. You need a analytics. Uh, you need a business glossary to standardize the definitions. Uh, you need a ability to put together some sort of security control into it so that people can look into it. You need a tool to, or a technique in the tool to manage that who can, you know, who can write the information, who cannot write the information. Otherwise, you will create a chaos again. Uh, so that's why you there is a lot of feature set is needed for governance um, to make sure that the data catalog functions uh, is function. So, for example, like um, a glue is also a data catalog, right? Or uh, or Microsoft's uh, is also a catalog. But those are just a repository of the metadata, but they cannot achieve the governance. Uh, because it doesn't have that many features that you needed to do it. So recently, the Cubinger Cole have done the study that you know how many data catalogs are there. They identify us as a leader, and the reason for that is that just number of feature set is needed to do the governance. Is uh, do you have the tool offer those technologies? And that's where it come down to be is that you need a tool, but you need a uh, a right tool to do the governance. So sure. Otherwise, you will or you will end up integrating multiple solutions. Sometimes. So it seems like that you know a data catalog is definitely better than a data lake or data warehouse trying to run governance from, but it's still not the complete picture. Is that kind of what what we're getting yeah, at? So data data lake and data warehouse is solving a different problem. Data catalog solves a different problem, right? So data lake, data catalog does the problem. The, the data lake and data warehouse solves the problem of processing power, right? So when you want to analyze the data, how would you analyze it? So you need the processing power to do it. If your company do not need to analyze the data and you still want to just gather the data from one place to another place, you will not need data warehouse because you don't need to process it. But most of the companies do need it because you need to analyze it to, to get together to reporting system or something, right? So that's why you need data warehouse. And data catalog is needed for, you know, inter, you know, I want to data, you know, I want to talk, I want to get this data, I want to get you know what kind of quality of the data it is, what kind of you know uh, the uh, what exactly the, what is mean by where it come from, where it goes, you know, so many answers you have to do about the data. That data catalog answers that question. They are very complementary to each other. Um, um, different problem solutions, different things. Will a solution will day one day will where the data catalog and data warehouse will be merged? Maybe um, I don't know how the industry will shift and. Uh, how people will try. But at this point of time, there is a no solution exists where data catalog and data warehouse merge together um, because of the functionality set is so wide use. Just like a, um, 
uh, ERP companies and databases are never together, right? So ERP needs a database. So database is a different technology. ERP is a different technology. They've always been different companies. Similarly, we do not see that everything can be merged together. We see that they they, they become independent because they're, they're, they're one is solving most of the business problem, another one is solving a technical problem. Different skills at different companies. And, you know, ended up, but now SAP, you can buy it with the, after so many years, when they acquired, you know, the HANA and then they built into it. But that can be used, the HANA can be used for other purpose, purpose as well. So uh, it's, it's a, one is technology, one is the business sense. So mutually beneficial. So yeah. not really interchangeable for each other, where I think that sometimes when people are just starting their data governance journey, I think there's confusion about yeah. the same so people thing. People are confused when they do not know the, what daily data warehouse does. Because if you see, for example, if you see an ERP software, you say, why you need database? It's doing everything. But underline all the things that's happening in the database, like underline the business logic is written, but the data is stored in the database. Without that, the, the technology is not possible. Similar to that is uh, if you look at the catalog, there is a, some sort of it that maybe for analyzing some data, you will need a warehouse. Again, that analogy is not perfectly all right, but it gives you the contextual. Um. That's great. So, Sharad, another main theme that I think we see often is that as people are trying to move towards this modern data strategy, what we've talked about is an important component. But another one is the decision for people to try and keep information on-prem or migrate it to the cloud. Um, do you see this as being an important thing to consider? At, at this point, if a company is trying to have a modern data strategy, is moving to the cloud inevitable at this point? Are there going to be use cases where that's not appropriate for some business? And then how does this apply to data governance? Yeah, so I think it's uh, pretty obvious that everybody's moving to the cloud. Um, you know, so uh, it's getting anyway. So the, the how the data move, the cloud movement is happening, let's try to understand that. So most of, let's say that you have an application called, say, uh, asset management software, you know, uh, that software is doing, doing some sort of asset management. So what people are doing is that they, it uses some database, it uses some application server, it uses certain point. So they take the whole thing as is and move it to the cloud. They're not re-architecting, rebuilding or doing anything. They take the whole thing as is and move it to the cloud. So now the database used to be on-prem, now it's in cloud. The advantage of that is the cloud database is, uh, you don't have to worry about backups, security, and all those kind of things. It's automatic. And Amazon or, or Microsoft is taking care of all these things. You don't have to hire resources to take your backups, et cetera, et cetera. So you are like much more, you know, not worried about all this uh, non-productive work, which the IT team does, you know, to keep the lights on because uh, these people have created efficiency in that. So I think that breaks down something I was thinking incorrectly, because I would think that it's almost the opposite. People feel like their you know, data is more secure on-prem because they have it, you know, it, rather than in the cloud. 
Um, and maybe that's just because I don't quite understand the security of a cloud environment, but I would always think it seems further away from me or I have less control over it. It's not on premise. It's not in my data center. Or, yeah. I think know, that it's like thinking the money is more secure in your house versus in bank. Right. Which is silly. You know, that's, <laughs> I promise I don't have a can of cash on yeah, my mattress. No, no, no. <laughs> this is in bank, you know, but, we all know that yeah, yeah. I'm giving the analogy again. So, uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you say, the, when we are moving to the cloud, so what do you mean by, you know, so what kind of projects you are doing? So if you're moving applications to the cloud for it server efficiency, that is the one part of thing, which I just explained. Now the, another movement of the cloud is, okay, let's move all our, uh, data to the cloud for analytical purpose for, uh, you know, the warehousing purpose, et cetera, et cetera. Because right now, in if you are on-prem, that means you have either data was sitting either in some file share, some might be in, obviously, in the databases, but some of, like, operational databases uh, or data warehouses, et cetera, et cetera. So there is an effort to move all these to cloud at one place. Generally, this is data lake or something, right? So this is where the cloud migration projects are there. Those are different kind of projects. So now let's say you have five or six different um, places where the data is there. I'm just making example, right? So some are data warehouses, some are file shares, a couple of file shares are there. And some of the like uh, simple databases where which are not practically used for application point of view. So they are sitting there doing hosting some historical information, et cetera. Et cetera. So they say, okay, you know, this is too much information here. Let's move all this information to the cloud. And that's, um, so that is another kind of project of moving to the cloud. So when we're moving to the cloud, is it always a different kind of projects, right? So IT infrastructure, you do you need to take, worry about the governance aspect? Uh, the answer is no, because, because the not have to worry about the data governance aspect, because the data was earlier in the, in the traditional database, moved to the, RDS uh, kind of database uh, or the Amazon equivalent or, or, or the Microsoft equivalent, it doesn't change anything. But if you are moving the second style, you know, the data is multiple places are moving to the cloud. So, so earlier it was definitely not governed properly, right? Now, if you're putting it one place, all the data, then you need to govern it somewhere, you know, where it came from, where was it, what the contextual, because a lot of contextual information will be lost. Right, because right now, oh, this data is in file share. Some people know that now. Every data is in, say, data lake. So people will lose a lot of contextual information. You have to tag this. This used to came from this data. This used to came from this place. So you need to organize it a little bit better. And then there may be some, uh, there may be certain um, regulations, which is like PII and the privacy regulation, which does not let you uh, move the data to the cloud without obfuscating and without do that. So that's a kind of a regulation you have to worry about it because it's on-prem, you are kind of like, okay, this is on my, this one, uh, in my closet. But if I put, if I have the money in my home that I don't care, but if I am to declare to the bank, then I may have to file, you know, uh, income tax return. I have I to make, make sure, sure it's going to the right account. account. So yeah. Income governance <laughs> have to be in, in place. So if you're moving to the cloud, you have to have some governance in place. Otherwise it would be, it would become difficult yeah. to put it up. Yeah, that would be my next question was like, do you think we should move, you know, kind of start governance 
before moving to the cloud or after? And so I think, you know, you kind of said, I answered that, that, you know, yeah. starting so, it before is definitely, is definitely a better approach. Yeah, definitely before starting it, it's a better idea because then you can organize it better and then move it. When moving it, you can say, okay, this data coming from this particular place. I'm moving it here. What it really means by it. And maybe in the doing time, generally we have seen when you do the data governance projects or the program, whatever we call it, um, we have seen that uh, most of the time you reduce some technical debt because a lot of things are not used and they say, hey, let's just get rid of those. They're, they're absolutely not used. We, um, you know, uh, one of the clients actually have reduced 76% of the reporting systems they are not using anymore. Only 23% or 24% was using. So they, they get rid of that much. So if you can get rid of some of the technical debt while moving it and putting some governance in place, it's a, it's, it's a money saving as well, as well as you're organizing it, uh, putting it up. It's, it's, it's almost like spring exactly, cleaning for your exactly, data, exactly. right? If I'm going through, it, it is, yeah. <laughs> if I'm going through my closet, every time I do that, I take everything out and I don't yes. put everything back in because I decide. And you put everything back eh, in that we need like to do and you have to make a right. hard choice. I don't need this. I don't like this. And it you doesn't always fit. have to make hard choices. <laughs> and you know, you do. I love this sweater, but I haven't worn it in four years. Do I love <laughs> it? No, <laughs> get rid of it. You know? But it's good quality. You know, it oh, looks man. good. I should not throw it. Yeah, but I paid money for it. Like what? <laughs> Data's Edge is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.